Want to become successful in your personal and professional life? Learn the secrets of success, how to build atomic habits for improved productivity and develop a growth mindset with me, your mindset and success coach, Omar Qadri, and my fabulous guests that range from CEOs, entrepreneurs, life coaches, sports coaches, international sports athletes, and researchers right here on your favorite show called The Secrets of Greatness. Hey, good evening. How are you doing, Aiza? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to host you today. How's everything going? Having a good day so far? It's been a nice day. Um, you know, the sun's come back out, so that's nice. How that's awesome. I'm doing, I'm doing really well. I just want to do a quick uh, test of our connection. You can hear me well, I'm guessing? Okay, perfect. Awesome. This is great. So without any further ado, if you're ready, shall we start then? Let's do it. Are you excited? Super excited. Me too. Awesome. So, all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of this series called Secrets of Greatness. My name is Umar Qadri, and I'm your host for the show. Joining me today is a very, very special guest. Her name is Aiza Abid, who is the founder of Aiza's Teddy Bear Foundation. She started this foundation at a very, very young age. And since then, she has gone on to represent her team, her mission at various different platforms. The purpose of this organization is to really bring laughter, joy, and smiles on the faces of underprivileged children across the globe. So please, guys, join me in welcoming the very talented, the very special Isa. Isa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you to everyone who's listening. I hope everyone's staying well, healthy, um, and I just want to say thank you, Omar, for um, using your platform to really amplify voices, especially during this time. It's so important, so thank you for that. Um, no, so, yeah. it's, it's a pleasure to host you. It really is. The, uh, when I heard your story, I think you and I, we connected, and uh, I immediately told you, you know, I love what you're doing the purpose that you're serving. And I think your story is so special and must be uh, told at various different platforms. So it's an honor for me to host you and give you a platform to share your story. Thank you. All right. Okay, so Isa, let's get started um, by telling our audience a little bit about your story. How did, how did Isa's Teddy Bear Foundation really get started? What, what brought it to life? Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, of course. So Isa's Teddy Bear Foundation was an idea I had in grade 10. So when my civics class at the time, this was in 2013, uh -huh. so when we were assigned the task of taking initiative or taking action on any, um, you know, initiative of our choice, I thought this is it. I can finally found this um, organization that I yeah. always dreamed of creating. So it was kind of a breakthrough for me in a way because I had always dreamed of creating this organization or an organization. I wasn't too sure. What. Yeah. But um, I always had this deeply rooted desire just to reach out to people and to, you know, um, use whatever resources I had, which were minimal at the time, but yeah. just to serve people in some way. So um, I went on to found the organization. Um, 
as part of the project. And we initially chose teddy bears because I thought this is, you know, a simple enough act of kindness that represents yeah. this idea of giving back childhood to kids who've been deprived their formative years due to some of the great injustices of our world, including poverty, slavery, war, and abuse. Um, and, you know, I think we all have this innate desire not only to feel loved and accepted, mm -hmm. but to show Absolutely. compassion but to show compassion as well. And so what I wanted to create was this platform where no matter what your financial you know, situation, no matter where you are in life, no matter um, on what career you're in, regardless of anything like that, we were hoping to create something that just allowed people to feel safe sharing their stories, but also mm -hmm. um, reaching out to other people in need. So we've done a lot of work so far, um, doing things like connecting uh, individuals at local homeless shelters. Yeah. And, um, you know, starting crafting and um, programs like that where they're able to use their hands to help other children. Um, and in that way, it's kind of like, two directional um, yeah. is not only are they receiving support from the community but they're giving back as well that's awesome i love that so you're in grade 10 when you started this how did and you always had that passion and uh, the desire to give back right how you know you you started this off and what kind of uh, um, you know, what kind of support did you get? Because you always say from an entrepreneurial perspective, you know, you start small and then you grow and then you keep going big. Uh, how did you, um, what were your first steps towards creating this organization? Yeah, so um, I guess the first thing that I, that I, like the first step that I took was recognizing uh, gaps in the current mm -hmm. Um, non-for-profit space. So a common theme that I had recognized at the time, uh, not so much anymore, which is amazing, but yeah. definitely an area that I thought could use some work was finding ways to connect youth with um, other youth in need in a way that yeah. was kind of self-sustaining. So uh, what this meant for me was that, um, for example, a lot of organizations are really quick to, you know, um, encouraging people to um, contribute financial donations, but not everyone has that. So right. uh, what we encourage our, um, you know, community members to do is look within ourselves first. So mm. before we go out and buy new items, we say, hey, what do you have lying around in your closet that you anymore that um, you know may serve purpose in another person's life. So that has been super valuable for me. Yeah. Um, because with each item of, let's say, clothing or stuffed toys that are donated, yeah. the story, um, and those stories are always so powerful. So not only are we like giving back to the community in the way that we take these items, we make them like new, we repurpose them, and then we um, distribute them to families in need. But yeah. um, they already come with so much love intact. And I think that's been really, really special connecting those things. That's awesome. That's really beautiful. I, I, I really love that. It's, it's, it's kind of bringing, uh, it's kind of creating that kind of empathy within the community that you're serving. And I think, I can't remember, you told me a number. It was a pretty decent number of volunteer team that you have built already. How many, how many people do you have now in terms of uh, the volunteers? Yeah, so we run a number of chapters in our local um, yeah. elementary and high schools. So we have 
about five or six running during the school year. So Amazing. the donations come in in pretty large numbers. Um, you know, it's m more than enough than my basement can handle at this time. <laughs> you know, super thankful. That's the warehouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thankfully, my parents have always been really supportive. The basement is my HQ, you know. All Got it. <laughs> all the Everything starts down there. Um, but yeah, we've, so right now I just uh, created this youth advisory board because I think this is the perfect time for um, someone like myself who's, you know, um, had a little bit of experience in this yeah. area to share some of that. I know mm -hmm. I have so much to learn um, myself still, but I think uh, working with these youth has been incredible. So we have 10 youth advisory board members. Um, Amazing. Just held our first meeting. Um, and I think some of them are listening. So hello. Um, <laughs> they're a great team and love learning. Thank you for joining us, by the way, guys. Everyone <laughs> who's watching, thank you so much. It's been really great. <laughs> awesome. Um, I said one thing um, I believe is the fact that, you know, um, empathy is a huge, huge skill that our community, our society, our, the world is kind of lacking in, in, in some way or the other. And here we have a young entrepreneur in yourself with your team, with your youth advisory board, with your um, group members, with your volunteers. You're, you're kind of exemplifying what empathy really is because you're really going back and serving the community because you feel their pain and you feel um, the, the gaps that they have that we have in our communities my research tells me um isa that empathy is actually a teachable skill right that's what my research tells me you have kind of exemplified that so help us and our viewers understand if you were to teach the skill of empathy building how would you go about doing that yeah so um i think more than anything empathy is not really a trait it's more of a muscle and something that i've heard time and time again is that if it's left unused yeah. it atrophies but um if you work on it and build it it grows um and so teaching empathy i think that's such a beautiful thing and um i've explored this idea of how do we really tap into the potential of each child to really um you know highlight this um facet of their life and help yeah. them um, create their passion projects at an early age, or even if not that, then just realize their own true potential. I think that's so important. And I think as a society, we're definitely underestimating like the genius in every child. Because Absolutely. in class, I've learned that, you know, um, our brains have an infinite capacity to build neurons and to grow and to store memories and things like that. Um, yet we still question our brain's ability. We question our own ability as people. And we continue to place these very limiting narratives on ourselves. So um, it definitely narrows the way that we view the world. It narrows the way that we think others are viewing ourselves as well. Yeah. So if we were to better understand like the capabilities of each individual at mm -hmm. every period of their life, I think that would be super effective in tapping into their potential and helping every child realize their purpose. Because if you think about it, they, children enter um, high school and yeah. at age 17, 18, they're required to choose um, kind of a direction of life 
that will set the stage for everything that they have to yeah. take down the road, right? And so I think if we were to um, take this and move it a little bit earlier on in life and actually, um, you know, help children recognize their abilities at an earlier age, they yeah. wouldn't be stuck in that troubling state because I know I was and I still yeah. am <laughs> trying to figure out what it is that I want to do but just teaching kids that that's okay so as you mentioned empathy specifically is the ability to understand or share how someone else is feeling and I think that's so so beautiful um because empathy to me exemplifies what it means to be human um because it encompasses how um if someone else is in distress you're feeling some Mm -hmm. of what they're feeling like does that not just go absolutely show how connected yeah. human beings are that we're able to feel the emotions of another without actually being in their bodies um it's just such an amazing thing to me so what i've been working on personally in this area is um you know as a kid as soon as i first learned to write i was journaling like i just constantly have journals i have stacks of journals beside me here like i just love being able to put my thoughts on paper and so what i was thinking is what like what's the correlation between these two things like yeah um, you know empathy and people people have always told me oh you're so empathetic i'm like no we all are like it's something we all have right we just need to exercise it (laughs) exactly yeah and so i was i basically wanted to create this uh journaling activities um for school-age children elementary schools in particular because this is like an incredibly formative time of their lives um and what i wanted to do is encourage teachers to really um hone in on these like um empathetic skill sets i actually did a little um poll with my or a little you know a survey with my nephew he's six now he just turned six oh. and i asked him um <gasps> I, I asked him what are some emotions that you feel and he was uh-huh. stuck at five so he couldn't think of more than five and so i did a little bit of research and i found that the school curriculum in kindergarten only teaches you six and i think they were happy sad mad um tired nah. sleepy and one other i can't remember but i was i was thinking about the disparity um yeah. in the spectrum it's so limited kids are only taught that you can feel one of six emotions but earlier on if we're taught <laughs> that you know there's a wide spectrum of emotions that we can really deeply feel i, I was like you know, I feel like this is an area we should really tap into for children. It's a great learning um, area. For Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> I think that you, you do raise a very good point. It's, it's, it's about, you know, we, we all are naturally empathetic, right? Um, humans are. And that's, that's one thing that differentiates us with the, the rest of the uh, um, living beings. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I have uh, experienced in my, in, 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 in my, in my space of teaching that I do. Last year, I had the opportunity, I was very blessed to have the opportunity to uh, run a youth leadership program for almost 30 odd students um, across the GTA. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I did, um, without even saying that, hey, this is an exercise that will help you build empathy. So one of the key things is not even tell them that they're kind of, I'm asking them to build empathy, but just ask them, to share their stories, to come up on stage and share their stories about, you know, the difficulties that they're facing and the barriers that they're facing, the challenges that they're facing, and be open 
and share their stories with with the rest of the crew, right? And I, um, I, I kid you not, Aiza,、um, um, it was amazing to see how quickly through those、uh, through just by sharing those stories, those kids that I had, or thirty on someone. Mm-hmm. They all built a very, very strong bond amongst them. Very, very strong, and that was just so beautiful to watch, just by through storytelling. And the other thing you spoke about was journaling, right? And which is a huge part.、Um, it, it plays an important role because you get get an opportunity to reflect,、mm-hmm. and that's the other thing that we did after every workshop. We asked them to go back and reflect on whatever it is that you learned from the from the stories, from the lessons, whatever it is, and. You know those two things combined—the storytelling and the reflection piece—I believe it really helped them build that empathy piece in their heart. So, um, so that was beautiful to hear from you as well. That you know you apply those skills from a journaling perspective, and you know even you've done your own research as well. That's beautiful. That's amazing. I love that. Tell me, um, a little bit more about your organization now, Aiza. You started off local, but now you're a lot more global now. Share with us a particular story,、um, you know, from your experience so far in the last、uh, six, seven years of running your organization. Any experience, any story that you can share, where you feel that you it was a very teachable moment for you, something that completely changed your perspective,、um, that can、uh, th- that really resonated with you.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, so. One thing for me was that I have always wanted to go on like a service learning or a volunteering trip. I know they're、yeah. so popular,、um, but they are pretty expensive. And I mean, it makes sense. Like a lot of money is、yeah. towards like building schools and funding projects, which is amazing. But it got me thinking. I think this was around three years ago now, but.、Mm-hmm. It got me thinking. What's the difference between you know taking a vacation and these service learning trips? I thought, why can't we use our vacation time when we're going out and exploring the world to really,、um, like, continue learning? You know what I mean? And to continue、yeah. serving because I think service is something that doesn't stop, doesn't take a break, doesn't have like. A vacation, you know, it's something that you do through and through. It's the way that you act. It's the way that you think.、Um, so for me, I wanted to kind of combine these things. So we were planning a trip, and I asked my dad.、Um, you know, we were thinking of going to Thailand. So I thought,、um, why don't we make this a learning experience, experience for our whole family?、Um, and the money that we would use towards, you know, taking a taxi to these tourist attractions and things like that. Why don't we instead put it into、um, uh, visiting uh, local shelters and,、um, you know, food banks and or learning about the community at a deeper level? So yeah,、um, that's exactly what we did.、Um, we went and visited.、Um, it's called the Foundation for Slum Child Care, and it's basically this、um, little orphanage for over two hundred children between the ages of zero and five.、Um, oh wow. You know,、uh, right in the busiest, like right in the center of Bangkok. So it's a very busy area, but it's super hidden. So I thought it was very interesting how, on the surface, you know, these um, um, these vacation spots seem very, very beautiful. You know, um, it's and all this like poverty and um. You know these slums are covered by these attractions and by、yeah. tourists who are choosing not to 
not to look because they're on vacation, right? So um, I wanted to make our vacation more intentional and really dig deep. So we ended up skipping a bunch of tourist attractions and we um, spent all day at this, um, you know, foundation for children um, whose parents had either uh, they've passed away or they've been incarcerated or um, mm. children have been abused. And if more than anything, we were able to give some of the women, the caregivers, some time to get off their feet because they were constantly um, just seeing them um, taking care of these kids through and through. Um, you know, no one's here to uh, praise them or uh, reward them for what they're doing or to honor right. them in any way. But um, I think for us to you know, it was a great learning experience for us. Not only were we breaking this barrier of, you know, um, choosing to look away when things are bad, I really wanted to dig deep and see how um, poverty really affects people in these areas. And so the money that we would have spent um, visiting those attractions, we uh, paid for the next month of uh, food, food and formula for some of the kids and that was extremely special and you know wow. not all of these women uh, spoke English but uh, one of the major takeaways for me were was that um, language barriers mean nothing where there is love and there is empathy so that was an incredible learning experience for me and something that um, you know I hope to take with me if I ever do go on vacation in the future, I hope to really dig deep and continue to learning from locals. Wow. I love that. I think, okay, let me ask you a question. How old were you when you decided that, you know what, travel is great, but I'm going to not do the two very touristy things. And I'm going to actually go to an orphanage and, uh, and, and, and serve, spend time serving. How old were you? So the first trip that I took like that, um, I was 11 and it was a similar thing because I had seen um, the generational effects of poverty in Pakistan. Specifically, yeah. Children lined up of a local uh, outside of a local hotel waiting to retrieve stale bread as it was being disposed of. So that kind of changed my uh, thinking a mm -hmm. lot. Every time my parents take a trip back to Pakistan, yeah. um, they, they know now to give me a suitcase just for um, donations, things to help children in any way. So it's not even a thing. My parents are like, all right, we got one suitcase, but one's for Isa. Like, it's set. Um, it's just it's set. that happens now. So that started around 11 or 12 years old. But this trip to Bangkok, I think I was around um, 17 or 18, maybe. That's amazing. I love that. At such a young age, you had that... Um, uh, you had that capacity to think not just for yourself, but also for your, you, the bigger purpose for, from a servitude perspective, right? You're, you, you, servitude is a, you know, to me, it's a paramount leadership skill, right? If you want to be a leader, find a way to serve the people that you want to serve. And I think that's what you're doing. That's why I think you are in a tremendously inspiring leader for a lot of us, including me, and I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to you right now and who will probably watch this episode afterwards as well. And I'm pretty sure your story will inspire them. I think it kind of gives us a very good idea as well for vacationing next time for anybody listening. And I think I did see a few comments from people saying that that's such a great idea, right? So, you know, what you're really doing, Isa, and kudos to you, is not you're inspiring other people to think in a similar way, 
by sharing your story, right? So my question, my next question to you is on, on that topic as well. How would you inculcate this aspect of servitude in other young, uh, young fellows, right, in, uh, in our youth? Because I'll be very honest, a lot of the young, um, uh, the young brigade that I come across, right. for whatever reason, right? No, by, and sometimes it's not by their own choice, by not their own fault. They're always so focused on, on the normal path, you know? And when I say the normal path, it's the, the normal path. Go to, go to school, come back, get, into, get good grades, get into university, the normal grind, get a job, and so on and so forth. And it's always somehow so focused on themselves. And um, at the same time, is this focused on some materialistic aspects as well, such as get money, get a car, get a house, so on and so forth. But talking to you, it makes me feel like you didn't have those ideas, it feels. For you, it was just about serving the community and being a leader and dedicating your life to helping underprivileged children. How, how would you encourage and inculcate that aspect of servitude in these uh, young, uh, um, in, in our youth? Yeah. Um, I think that's a great question, and I think that gets at one of the questions that I get asked most often, which is, um, how do you manage to balance full-time school with, you know, yeah. a nonprofit, and then on top of that, just like other commitments and things like that. And in the end, I don't know if I'll ever find a balance, and I definitely haven't right now. Um, you know, one of my um, favorite memories of school is having to run out of lectures momentarily receiving like a donation request call from like um, a family in need and scribbling their request on top of like my class. I love that. So, have I ever found a balance? Not yet, but it's a work <laughs> in progress and I'm definitely learning how to like manage these things more. But this aspect of time, like how yeah. do you have the time? Um, it just makes me feel like people don't realize that we have control over how we spend our time. And um, I think it's kind of getting at this uh, idea that we're not as autonomous as we really are. Um, so if you're really struggling to find the time to put into these passion projects of yours, yeah. I would encourage you to go back and be, be mindful. Uh, this is getting back at journaling, but really dig deep into, you know, how you're spending your time, track your time, where does your time go in the week? I'm sure you have a moment to spare, um, you know, when you open your eyes in the morning between then and when you have breakfast. Maybe you don't, but maybe on the commute to school, on the bus ride, you can take notes. Um, that's always been like a great time for me to, you know, answer emails and things like that. So mm -hmm. Finding time in your day um, is not the trickiest part, but I would encourage you to go back um, because we definitely lose a lot of time, uh, you know, mindlessly scrolling through our phones. Um, if you're struggling with the that, mindless, yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of time goes to waste there, and it's not to say that we have to be productive every second um, of our lives. Like it's okay to unwind and do nothing sometimes, but um, if you're using that as an excuse to not um, pursue some of your passions, I think. Um, you should like investigate where that time is going missing and Absolutely. realize that in the end you do have control over your time. But in terms of serving others, you know, it comes back to that idea that, um, you know, um, 
you can't you can't like pour from an empty cup either so making sure that you're balancing your own well-being uh, with the well-being of others um so something that's been working for me is storytelling so mm. These stories come in and I'm talking to single mothers on the phone, you know, refugees, families in need, children who face abuse, and these things are traumatizing for them. And it's so, so hard to hear. Um, but being able to, um, with their permission, of course, sharing these stories um, and making them uh, heard and also mm -hmm. using community support in whatever way that might be to uh, fulfill their request um, and provide aid to them in some way, uh, kind of helps me find closure um and hopefully is helping them in a way too so yeah well, i think that's that's great i think i mean i definitely agree with the fact that yes give, getting more opportunity to showcase your story right being that role model will encourage other people to pick up um, uh, pick up that skill of uh, of servitude that we're talking about right now and it can never really be an excuse right mm -hmm. if you have you you, you have to find ways in your own schedule like you have. And I think there are many different um, productivity systems that we all can use to discover more time in our lives to be able to serve others. But at the end of the day, it has to come from within, right? You, it cannot be forced upon anybody. I think it has to come from within for sure. Um, and, and, you know, you talk about those stories that you want to tell. Is there a particular story um, again, of a particular, um, you know, household or a child or women who they were in need and how you and your organization really made the difference in their lives. Would you like to share a story with us just so that it inspires yeah. more people? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so Please. a number of our um, so the families that we work with, uh, they'll reach out looking for items for their children. So mm -hmm. I have a single mom in particular. Um, this is something I've shared with you before, but I, from the start, I've put like my personal email, phone number on our business cards because I love hearing from these families. And I remember receiving our first call and just like crying after closing the phone. Like, oh. so beautiful that these families trust us enough to, you know, um, share their stories with us. And um to be vulnerable enough to find support in another human being. Um, and sorry, going off on a tangent here, but <laughs> no, um, no, go for it. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just really nice because um, we've actually had a number of homeless shelters and food banks who uh, were their primary contact now. And so we'll receive uh, phone calls and emails on, on a weekly basis from families and we continue to receive them today. But they're just families who um, were not able to meet like the eligibility criteria to receive donations from these food banks and organizations. So they redirect them to us. Mm. And, you know, I'll get off the phone or um, I'll be talking to them them and they'll say things like um oh my goodness like you didn't ask us any like questions about like financial income or they'll start sharing things on their own and i'm like you know what the fact that you took this time to like call us and to trust us enough is more than enough you don't need to share anything like that no personal information um i think it's so hard for families to have to be vulnerable so that's more than enough for us um, and we yeah. provide as much more support as we possibly can um so one story in particular that comes to mind is uh we had a single mom call us um looking for items for her children and mm -hmm. so was sharing stories about her kids you know um and 
I asked her about clothing sizes and whatnot. So we recorded that all. And then I asked her, and what about you? I said, what size shoes do you wear? What size clothing do you wear? And she was just so caught off guard. She said, what, for me? Like, she said, nobody's ever asked me for items for myself. Mm -hmm. And she was just like we packed her supplies for her as i also mentioned to you uh we make sure that all our donations come in we clean them make them like yeah and um, we iron them fold them pack them and we give them to them with the respect and humanity that they deserve and she was just overwhelmed that we had even considered her her needs at all so that was a really moving experience yeah that's that's beautiful and i think sometimes um you know the mothers they do so much for their kids that uh they forget about themselves in the process, right? So it was beautiful for you and your team to recognize that moment and reward her as well in a way and make her feel that, you know what, you deserve it as well, right? Don't, don't undersell what you're doing. And that's, that's beautiful. I, I really, really, really love that story, Isa. I think that's tremendous. The work that you're doing is fabulous. And, you know, I want to, uh, there's so many people watching uh, you right now what I would suggest is guys go ahead and ask questions. Um, and I'm sure both Isa and I, we will be taking your questions if you guys have any um, while we are having this conversations. As, as you guys ask those questions, we, I'll pose those questions towards uh, Isa. So please go ahead and ask your questions. Okay. Um, Isa, in the meantime, while our audience is uh, putting together um, their questions, one, what would be one, one message that you want to send out to your to the to this audience what would be that message you want to send out to this audience what would be to really take care of their communities and societies and um, how can they be those role models like yourself oh love that thank you <laughs> um one thing for me it's something that i say quite often um is that you don't have to change the world but if you're able to positively affect and impact one person in their life mm -hmm. you're changing their world so that's kind of yeah. the same thing and i think we all have like these goals like these very vague broad goals to you know um help all of humanity and it seems so difficult and um it we kind of lose touch of our you know personal goals in, in this yeah. and i think um taking a step back seeing okay you know like what are my passions? What gets me out of bed in the morning? You know, what's something that I can't live without? And using these things to find your purpose, mm. you, you know, at the end of the day, it's you and your life, right? And yeah. if, you're, if you're striving to help people in some way, then it has to be in a way, like it may sound selfish, but feeling self-fulfillment is natural. It's something that all of us crave and desire yeah. um, and want. And it's something that we need for our own health and well-being, right? Um, so making sure that you're um, giving from an area that makes sense to you, that relates to you, um, and, you know, um, serving people out of that is such a beautiful thing. So discover yourself, basically. You know, raising that self-awareness. And it's such, again, self-awareness is so key and so important. And it's something I think every single guest who's come onto the show um, has spoken about. And I think that is one of the key differences between um, being average and being great, in my opinion. You know, people who go on to represent 
communities and societies as leaders, they have that kind of sense of purpose in their world, in their life, and they are serving those communities. So as you said, as, as Isa said, Isa, such a great tip, right? For those of you listening, for the, um, this invest in, invest in discovering yourself, right? Invest in finding what is it that makes you get up in the morning and get going, mm-hmm. motivates you, you know, what, what is it that really gets you going? And as a result, you will come across some sort of a mission, some sort of a vision that you have in life to impact, if not the whole world, at least one person in this world, right? And that itself could be so powerful for everyone. And yeah, I think we lose touch of that for sure, because um, even being in my fourth year, you know, a question that I would get asked all the time, you know, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And I would you know, dig deep, trying to find this answer that would satisfy other people. When at the core of it all, I knew that my sole purpose, I wanted to help people. So I was pretty like, by the end of the year, I was over it. This question, not for me. They would ask me, I said, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, you know what? I want to help people. They're like, but really, what do you want to do? And I said, if that doesn't satisfy people, like nothing will. Nothing will. Don't, don't chase um, you know, other people's praise or satisfaction. Um, do what fulfills you in a way yeah. and do it in a way that's meaningful for you. Absolutely. And you know what? That is the reason why, Isa, I was reading in, uh, in one of the reports that, w- that came out recently, 85%, 85% of North Americans who work full-time jobs feel unfulfilled and feel disengaged at work, right? And that's a crazy number. And this goes back to, that whole point in school when they ask you mm-hmm. what do you want what do you want to do when you grow up and you're like i want to help mm-hmm. but really what do you want to do mm-hmm. like exactly. why are you like i know what i want to do i want to help but because people don't get through the process of discovering that sure. the end result is feeling unfulfilled feeling disengaged in their daily jobs so beautifully said i love that we have a few questions coming in for you um, we have the first one from Warnaim, and uh, she says, how can someone become a part of your organization and help out as a volunteer? Great question. I love that. That's Tell awesome. us more. Thank you so much for that question. Um, we would love to have you be a part of our team. Um, it means so much that you would even take the time to, you know, listen and engage with us. Um, but yeah, so we're starting a new project to make this um, idea that I had um, from the start um, to repurpose items and to serve our communities in a way that was anonymous, but also self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. So we would love support in, in um, this project that we have coming up where we're basically encouraging our community members to... Um, you know, when they're out raiding their closets and packing these items to um, set them aside. But what we do is we find families in need in their areas. And instead of us constantly acting as this middleman that we are now, because as I mentioned, my basement has reached its capacity of donations moving in in and out. But I've had some of the best conversations, you know, inviting refugee families over to our house for tea and great conversation. And then at the end, they'll look through our um, inventory of donated supplies um, and take home what they need. Um, And I would love to bring that aspect into more homes. Um, I think it's such a great learning experience. And if you're interested in that, I'd love to share more about our new project with you. So thank you. Yeah, I would suggest DM message Isa 
and uh, you guys have a conversation in more detail for sure. Um, I love that. I think the on- the only caveat over here that I see right now with the COVID situation is it's going to be a little challenging to invite people over because that's not happening right now. There's always social distancing, but I really hope that you know uh, we all overcome that very soon. Oh yeah, for sure. We've had you know we're doing everything porch pickups right now, but the message is still the same. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The intentions are there. <laughs> exactly. I think the intention is what matters the most, right? We have another question from Gayatri Pillai. Uh, she, the question is, what are your goals for the next year with your foundation? Love that. Thanks, Guy. <laughs> um, so some of our goals are, you know, continuing this work we're doing and starting this new project um, to connect more community members with people in need. Um, and then also we're hoping to implement this uh, journaling activities into more classrooms oh. because I think it's such a great learning opportunity. I love that students to you know tap into this potential as i mentioned really early on and realize their skills at an earlier age um and if you think about it like uh the prevalence of bullying and things like that Mm -hmm. like how could a child ever bully another if they spend the morning um you know uh being vulnerable and sharing their stories with each other or just like understanding what's causing them distress in their own lives and coming terms to terms with that so that it doesn't affect their learning and impede their performance throughout the day so the journaling activity and connecting families is probably two of our main goals i love that i really really love that and you know what if you need any help with that particular aspect, I'm going to be very happy to assist you and help you out with that because that is something that I have worked with a lot of different youth and working professionals to instill that practice of journal and not just journaling, but reflecting in some way or the other about their life on a daily basis to become more self-aware at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And that's so important. So thank you. I, lo- I love those goals. And I love the fact that those goals are so um, you know, simple and straightforward. And mm-hmm. it's all about this, not, nothing too grand and nothing too big. It's just like focused and go get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I like, love that. I love you've that. You've received like a number of people who, who will come out and say, you know, like what financial uh, donations do you need at this time? And I think, you know, first, yeah. let's continue to look within ourselves. Look at the skills that you can bring to the table. Look at the resources you have available. Look at what yeah. items you have in your closet that need a new home. Um, and I think it's so important because especially now when we're constantly encouraging each other, um, you know, recycle and do this and that. It's like, I think we have to um, find this at its re- root cause and reduce our impact first, right? Reuse yeah, absolutely. what we have already rather than putting so much emphasis on recycling. So, yeah. I love that. Yep, so true. The next question is actually a great question as well. Um, how long did it take you to find your purpose and how did you know that it is the right one? I love that. Wow, that's a big question i don't think i've ever gotten that before but um so how long you know another work in progress i think finding your purpose is not one definitive thing it's not um here you go like you found your purpose now go and explore the world and do whatever it is you wanted to do i think it's something that's constantly evolving while you are because um you know we're also constantly changing as people the environment around us continues to change um but i think you know these really um 
um, moving experiences during my formative years, which is why yeah. I'm so big on child rights activism, um, is anything that happened during those years really st stuck with me and formed the foundation of the rest of my mm. life. So I guess that kind of um, looking back at those times, I think we um, forget how much we remember of the, like memories from when we were children, but I think we do remember a lot um, and they definitely put like these things play a big role in shaping um, who we are and oh, yeah. which is why like I really want to encourage people to like continue um, um, investing in young people. Um, but a moment for me in particular, you know, mm -hmm. was having um, um, my dad, he doesn't share this story too often, but he recently did where he said that when he was younger, um, his dad passed away at a really early age. Um, and so he would watch other children in awe as they rode their bikes past him. Um, but he knew that a bike was too much to ask of his parents at the time, uh, ask of his mom at the time. So mm. um, he never did. And that dream remained just that. It remained a wow. dream. Um, it remained something he loved in the past. Um, and seeing him from a really early age, just, you know, um, seeing kids in need and never thinking twice before uh, giving as much as he can to um, back to these families is something that I've always, um, you know, tried to um, continue doing in the work that I do. Yeah. Um, it's something that inspires me so much that I, you don't need a lot to give a lot. It's um, the heart behind the work that you do that's so important. So I think having parents that, um, you know, weren't focused on, you know, um, what job is Isaac gonna have in the future? What career they thought, if she can get an education and she can encourage other people to get an education and use whatever success that comes success that comes her way to um, uplift other people, that's more than enough for us. And feeling um, that I've been able to, you know, make their journey because it hasn't been an easy one. They've sacrificed so much to Absolutely. help our family. So if I'm able to, um, help other children facing similar things in some way, then I'm more than content. Wow. I love that, Isa. I think we, I think we need a lot more people, uh, young leaders uh, like yourself who have that compassion, right? And I, I just love seeing that. I can, I can actually truly feel the amount of um, inspiration you've gained from your, from your parents and the support you have. And I think that is so important. I think our, uh, supports having a really solid foundational support system is really um, important for any one of us to, you know, ex exercise and experiment with whatever we are trying out for, whatever that, and to discover that purpose. And there's, and, and, and I also loved how you explained the fact that, you know, as we uh, humans, we are constantly evolving and sometimes our purpose evolves with us as well. And that's so true. Um, it's a journey. Right. It's always a journey. There is no um, in, in what I say is there is no kind of final destination in one way or the other. You just have to take it day by day and just keep looking back and reflecting and seeing what you what you can do better and how you can um, how you can add value to this world. That's already deprived of so many different uh, things that we're not going to get into right now. But <laughs> wow, I love that. I, I, I love that. Thank you so much for for sharing that i think there are um, a lot of comments coming in saying they love it very well said 
um, you know, it's inspiring. Um, um, reading one more comment. So yeah, I think people people are basically showering their co- their 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 comments and resonating with everything that you have said. Um, I don't think there are any other questions. Is, is there? Any, just give me a, one second. I just want to make sure I have covered all the questions that came in so far. Yes, I think I did. So Isa, on that note, thank you so much. You have been such an inspiration to me. to all the listeners who joined today thank you so much for investing your time in listening to such a wonderful wonderful story of Isa a young entrepreneur a young social entrepreneur who is dedicating her life in giving back to the community for those of you who are just joining us a little late don't worry i will be posting this interview this video as an igtv very shortly right after any last words of wisdom that you have to share with us isa wisdom i don't know but <laughs> you have it already you guys i encourage you anyone listening to sign the petitions for Breonna, justice for brianna taylor um you know calling for charges yeah. to be raised against the uh three police officers um who were involved who currently no charges have been laid against them but your uh signing their petitions will definitely help so um after doing that if you'd still like to you know hear more about our story and get involved with us you can find us on um here on Instagram at @thebitxo yeah. or isa's tbx amazing i love that please do follow isa she's doing wonderful work support her follow her and do your best in any in every way possible to you know encourage such young leaders to do the great work that they're doing isa it has been a pleasure thank you so much for your time i had a wonderful wonderful time talking to you you have inspired me to do even better thank you so much for that really thank you the time and thank you for everyone who's listened thank you so much yes guys thank you so much take care bye 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 What you just learned has given you new knowledge, but knowledge is not power. It is potential power. It only becomes power when you activate your learning. I invite you to leave a review with your learnings from this episode. You can also take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your favorite social media channel with your feedback, comments, questions, and learnings and tag me at I am Omar Badri. Because when you synthesize your learning by writing them down, you transport them from your short-term memory to your long-term memory. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode to learn better and grow faster.